Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your host. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week, we are going to be recapping the 2002 movie Enough, starring Jennifer Lopez and Billy Campbell. It's uh, it's old school. At this point, it's a 21-year-old movie. Isn't that crazy? Oh, don't say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, before I categorized things in life as pre-9-11 and post-9-11, now things are pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. Right. So pre-pandemic, we were young. We still had light in our eyes. That's gone. Post-pandemic. We're dead inside. Yes. <laughs> we we are shriveled up like an old lady's eggs. Old lady's eggs. I was going to say like a raisin. That works too. I. You know what? If raisins were smaller, I wouldn't mind them in my cookies. If they were smaller? Yeah. If you just had like a little bit of that kind of like sweet saltiness of a raisin, mm-hmm. it would be great in a cookie, you know, like kind of in contrast. But I think raisins are just too big. Well, it's not even that they're too big. It's that they last for too long. You know, they should be like a one bite thing. But a raisin, like a single raisin, you have to chew that shit for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Like raisins are just, they're doing too much. That's the problem. Raisins are doing too much. They are grapes that are doing too much. I I agree. I'm glad we're we're bringing this to light. I think this is important. I feel like it's an issue that everybody has. You know, I've never heard anybody be like, (laughs) yeah, I fucking love raisins. Oh my gosh. Conspiracy theory time. What if the raisin industry is like the mafia of the food industry? Because honest to God, how the fuck did raisins get in cookies? And how did raisins get in sweet bread? Like something weird is going on there. It's that raisin dude. You know what I, you know who I'm talking about? Like the raisin dude with No. The, I think there's a raisin dude. Hold on. Raisin dude with cane. Yeah, the guy, I just looked it up and it's a literal raisin. It's kind of like the M&M people, yeah. but it's a raisin. Yeah, like <laughs> so, maybe he. Oh my God, that's so disturbing, Courtney, because it doesn't even look like a raisin. It looks like a little piece of poop, mm-hmm. like, a little, like a little piece of turd. I think that he is behind it all. He is the leader of the raisin conspiracy. The mafia. We always have to work the mafia into everything. The mafia is sort of relevant here, though, for this movie. Not Yes. It's not relevant as in this is a movie about the mafia, but it's definitely giving hella mafia vibes. It really is. So it's definitely mafia adjacent. Anyways, the movie, like we said, stars J-Lo. I think J-Lo is an underrated actress a lot of times. Yes. Like... Honestly, I wish she would act full time. And you know what? This was back when she was solely an actress. She wasn't a Mm -hmm. pop star yet. And the thing is, the movies she did, she wasn't playing the character that she is now. Because nowadays, anytime Jennifer Lopez is in a movie, she's playing Jennifer Lopez. Mm -hmm. She's playing some glamorous adjacent character. But back then, she wasn't scared to play this everyday girl. In this movie, she's really playing... Like, her character shifts dramatically from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that later. The acting is great. The acting is phenomenal. Jennifer Lopez plays a young woman who goes by the name Slim. And I'm just wondering, did she give herself the nickname of Slim or did other people give it to her? Because I'd like to be referred to as Slim just for my general (laughs) self-esteem. Like if I could go around everywhere and everyone's like, hey, Slim, come here. Hey, Slim, that's a nice dress. Like, I don't know. I feel like I would have less depression if my nickname was Slim. You know, I agree. Like Slim Shady. Okay, why did you have to ruin it? (laughs) Anyways, her name is Slim. She's a waitress at this diner. 
another waitress is her friend. Her name's Jenny. I guess Slim comes from some sort of dark background where like her mm. mom died. She doesn't have family. She has very few people in her life. And then her friend Jenny seems intent on like pushing her on to the first guy that's interested. Yeah, I think Jenny's outlook on life is you just need to find a man to take care of you. Oh, how that backfires. Eh, yeah. For sure, for sure. Especially for <laughs> especially for Slim. Well, yeah. there is this, you know, charming looking gentleman at the diner. He's coming in. He has a book. He has a rose. He mm-hmm. is so charming and flirtatious. At first, Slim's really uninterested. Her friend Jenny tells her, like, this guy was here yesterday. He is obviously interested in you. And so it's really Jenny who pushes Slim to go talk to this guy. After kind of ignoring him and brushing him off, she actually engages in a conversation. He gives her the rose. He's like, this is actually for you. It's really cute. Like, it, lo- it looks from the outside like a adorable little meet cute where he came back to see her. And they're bantering back and forth. And it seems like she's on the verge of accepting his invitation to take her out when suddenly another guy stands up from the booth behind him. And he's like, I can't watch this happen. He's like, how much was it? 200? 500? At this point, Slim is super confused. She's like, what are you guys talking about? It turns out that he made a bet with a friend that he could get into Slim's pants. So he bet his friend $200. You know, this other random guy is calling out the supposedly charming guy. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was sweet that, you know, this stranger is kind of standing up for her and being mm-hmm. like, hey, I, you know, I know what you're doing here. And do you know what else is kind of sweet about this guy? Hmm. He doesn't hit on Slim. He doesn't try to slide in. He literally just says, I just couldn't sit there and let it happen. And then he starts walking away. After Jenny sort of motions for her to go after him, Slim, apparently, she does go after him. And that's the start of this guy. His name is Mitch. That's the mm-hmm. start of Mitch and Slim's relationship. They get married. They have a child together. And here's Mitch's first red flag for me. He goes up to this beautiful house, and it is, it's a beautiful house. He knocks Mm -hmm. on the door, and he tells the guy, hey, listen, my wife, we're expecting a baby. She loves this house. We'd like to buy it. And the guy's like, oh, I'm really sorry. It's not for sale. And Mitch threatens him. Is it a threat, though, because Mitch hands this guy a piece of paper with a number on it. And when the guy sees the number, he's like, you're insane. This is way more than the house is worth. And Mitch is like, yeah, imagine how hard it's going to be to get this insane man off your case when I want this house for my wife. So, like, is he pushy? Yes. That's threatening. I didn't necessarily see it as a red flag. I totally understand why you did, especially with the context of you know, what happens after. But what I was thinking the whole time is that we don't see their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. We kind of just see flashes of them meeting, of them getting married, of them having a baby. And so, you know, the red flags, they happen in everyday moments and we don't see those moments. So we don't know how many red flags we missed. That's fair. Um, But the guy ends up selling his house and They move in. Mitch is in construction, but Mitch seems to have a lot of connections. And I don't I don't think construction is his main job unless he's burying bodies in concrete under his construction. (laughs) Is he cleaner? Girl. Oh, my God, girl. No, that's a good point. I actually didn't think about that because Mitch has money. You know, obviously, he bought Mm -hmm. this house, presumably cash for way more than it's Mm -hmm. worth. But yeah, no, I love the idea that he's like a cleaner for the mob. I love that. Well, we'll (laughs) see. We see later in the movie that 
that he has unsavory friends who do some illegal things. And that's that's not construction, okay? That is mob shit. It's 100% mob shit. Like I said, we're not seeing the red flags that are happening in everyday moments. But then also Slim, who, by the way, even after she's married, she's still going by Slim. She seems really happy. She Mm -hmm. has a daughter. The daughter is like, what, like seven years old? Yeah, she's younger. She's under, she's between five and 10. It seems like Slim's life is perfect. She lives in this big house. She doesn't need to work. She can just focus on taking care of her daughter. And by all appearances, it seems like she has a loving husband. We start to get some more red flags from Mitch when Slim notices that he's ignoring phone calls or pages, when he's working long hours, he's gone mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Classic. Classic. It's funny because these are all of the classic signs of an affair. It's almost like, is there a handbook? Is there like an Amazon ebook that these dudes are downloading? That Because it's like, how is it possible that all of these dudes could just know the classic signs of an affair? Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. (laughs) One night, things kind of come to a boiling point because Slim is cleaning up after dinner one night and his pager starts buzzing and it's from a number 33. For those of you who don't know, a pager, (laughs) it was like a little mechanical box, a little bit bigger than like a matchbox. And you clipped it to your belt or you put it in your purse. And when people wanted you to call them, they would call your pager number and then Mm -hmm. it would tell you to call them back. When Slim looks at her husband's pager, there's a number and the number is 33. And so what she does is she goes to his phone because it's right there and she dials 33 and a woman answers the phone. It's a woman with a French accent. That's like rubbing salt on the wound. Like, not only is my husband having an affair, he's having an affair with a French woman. She knows she's doing things he would never do. She's doing the naughty stuff. (laughs) Um... So Slim calls, the woman answers the phone, and Slim's like, who is this? The lady hangs up on Slim. It's really heartbreaking because you see Slim looking around her beautiful house. She kind of falls to her knees a little bit. Like, she's devastated. Like, there's nothing like the soul-crushing disappointment of betrayal. It's, It's a grief of its own. And you know what makes things even worse is when she confronts Mitch about it. He's apologetic. But also he makes it clear that like he's not going to stop. Well, what he says is he says she's not important. And then he apologizes and it seems really sincere. And I think that from the woman's perspective, his apology to her feels like he's saying, I'm not doing this anymore. But what he's actually saying is, I'm so sorry you found out. Like I've been trying so hard to keep this, you know, from you. So, you know, he's apologizing, but he doesn't stop. He comes home one day after working late. Slim goes, I can smell her perfume on you. And he's like quipping so fucking dramatic. You know, she's yelling at him and she's saying, how many, like how many women have you slept with? And he answers the worst possible answer. Doesn't matter. He says, what does it matter? I'm a man. I have needs. Maybe this is better for everyone. Yeah. He's like, listen, baby. He's like, you get the life. You get the house. You get, you know, this beautiful life we built together. And I get to go sleep with other women who put their tongue in my butthole. So like, really, we're both winning here. (laughs) I feel like a woman could do all those other things for herself. Minus, you know, the butthole thing. He smacks her across the face. And he's so calm, too. He's not raising his voice or anything. He's like, you have to realize this is how things are going to be. This is your life. Yeah, he slaps her and she is shocked. Like her mouth is hanging open 
And he goes, what? I can't hit you? And she goes, no, you can't. So he punches her and knocks her to the floor. And he is all just calm and serene about it. He's like, listen, this makes things so much easier. Now I can just say, I'm going to ourselves for a few hours instead of having to sneak around and lie. Right. He tells her, I make the money. It's my rules. And he basically tells her, you have to get used to this. I'm not sneaking around anymore. Mm-hmm. And he literally says, this is your price for living a good life. Fuck you, dude. Um, okay. Basura. Bas- basura. Is that it? Basura? Basura. Yes. Basura. Yes. (laughs) Straight in the trash. And so he's leaving to go to his mistress's house. And he tells Slim, love is a scary thing. And I refuse to live without you. So it's a veiled threat. He looks at her. He says, do you understand what I'm saying? Like he's threatening her. Yeah. In a very kind of poetic way. Like it's almost worse. Like I almost wish he would just say, if you try to leave me, I'll kill you. And instead he says like this very poetic thing of like, love is a scary thing. And I refuse to Uh live without you. Just say you're a wife beater who might murder her. Like Just say it. Don't write a Taylor Swift song, you know? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Do do not bring Taylor Swift into this. (laughs) Well, then he walks over. He goes into her purse. He takes her driver's license and her keys. And he's like, just in case Mm -hmm. you got any ideas. You know, I think it's important to remember, right? Slim, she has a handful of friends that love Mm -hmm. her, but she doesn't have money. She doesn't have resources. Mm -hmm. She depends on him 100%. Yeah. And this is terrifying this is a terrifying position yeah she goes to her mother-in-law's house her mother-in-law is really excited because slim was supposed to bring the granddaughter over to see her it seems like they have a good relationship it does mother-in-law first of all red flags are the mother-in-law's end because when mother-in-law sees the cut on her face she goes what did you say to him she goes oh honey what did you do excuse me put the grandmother in the trash put grandma in the trash all right put her in a home (laughs) a bad home put her in the trash of a home yeah terrible yeah I mean, you know, I think this was the first indication to Slim that like she has no one to turn to because the mother-in-law is the only family she has. And the mother-in-law is very obviously on her son's side. Like, oh, you must have pissed him off. Well, and then Slim goes to Jenny. Jenny essentially is like, honey, you have two choices. You can deal with it or go to the police. That's literally your options. Right. I mean, for a second there, I was a little pissed at Jenny because she started off saying like, oh, yeah, men are just like that. They're like landmines. And, you know, they can turn on you in a second. And I was just like, Jenny, could we put your daddy issues aside for one second? This is a serious conversation. Right. You know, (laughs) but then Jenny was like, go to the police. And Slim freaks out. She's like, he's the father of my child. I'm not putting him in jail. Mitch, the husband, is really flexing his hand to show Slim just how much power he has. Because when Slim Mm -hmm. goes to try to pick up her daughter, she pulls up to her daughter's school and they tell her like, oh, her dad picked her up. Like, of course, they released the daughter to the dad. Like, why not? Yeah. Well, then Slim goes home. They're not there. Mitch took the daughter and he took it to the zoo. Mm -hmm. But he knew what he was doing. He knew he was worrying Slim to death. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, Slim does go to the police. Yeah. She goes in and she's like, I have this friend whose husband hit her. What could be done? And they're like, well, your friend will need to come in and make a report. And then if there's physical abuse of evidence, we will arrest him. And she's like, okay, but he can make bail if he has money. And they're like, yeah, he can make bail. And she's like, all right. And if he makes bail, what happens? And they're like, well, we can file a protection order. And she's like, oh, what is that? A little piece of paper that says not to come near me. What happens when he does come near me? Do I throw it at him? I think this is when Slim realizes like, okay, 
going to the police, I mean, I guess it could help in the long run, just kind of having a record of his abuse, but it's not going to help me in the short term because he's going to make bail. And then the district attorney might not even press charges. Yeah, which honestly is something that happens more often than not. And so now he's just going to be extra pissed off. And also the cop that she talked to told her, that he legally has a right to see his kid. So Mm -hmm. if she wants to take his kid away, she would have to go through the family courts. And so obviously this domestic violence situation is one that a lot of women find themselves in. Mm -hmm. And even though Slim doesn't have a lot of resources, she pools all of her resources and she comes up with a plan to get out. Yeah, so she has her small group of friends. It's two men, an older man and a younger man, and then her friend from the diner, Jenny. They're going to help her run away in the middle of the night. The plan, essentially, is that they are waiting out front across the street in a white van. So she did some things right. It seems like she obviously planned it out. Her friends pulled up in the middle of the night and then one of the guys makes like a like a bird sound, which, you know, kind of signals to her that they're there. What she doesn't do right is she wastes a lot of time getting dressed, grabbing Mm -hmm. bags, you know, getting her daughter. I'm like, girl, those bags should have been in your friend's car already. You should have given them to them earlier in the day. You should have gone out in your pajamas. Why do you need to get dressed? You're Mm -hmm. wasting time. Well, she also she hesitates at the door she does she hesitates at the door and next thing you know mitch is there like a fucking meerkat he pops out of nowhere and he gets violent because obviously he sees her with a bag and her child and he he knows that she's trying to leave her friends are outside and they're staring at the house they're getting Mm -hmm. a little worried like what's taking her so long they don't want to go in and ruin everything you know and wake mitch up but then they hear crashing and they're like fuck it go 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 when they get in gracie is still asleep on the couch their their child not the time to make a joke but kids really can't sleep through anything Kids can sleep through anything, but then other times when you need them to sleep, (laughs) like they're wide awake, they're staring into your soul. (laughs) Right. I mean, she could have done mommy a solid and woken up because as Mm -hmm. we will see in a second, Mitch does not want to be violent in front of his daughter. Yes. So Slim is on the floor, like kind of knocked out. Because Mitch beat the crap out of her. Like he was kicking her. He was Mm -hmm. dragging her by the hair. It was bad. It was a really, really bad. And Mitch has a gun. And he points the gun straight at Slim's friends. And he was like, take another step. I'm going to blow your brains out. It's dark in here. The lights are off. You just broke into my home. Because the guy did. He broke a window and a door to get through. He's like, you just broke into my home. I don't know who you are. Slim's friend does something that's really smart. He grabs the little girl from the couch and wakes her up. He says, you know, wake up, wake up. Look at daddy. Look at daddy. So now Mitch, he's trying to save face in front of his little girl. So he puts the gun away. Yeah. He hides it behind his back and they're like, all right, tell daddy bye bye. We're going to let's go. So they just take Slim and the girl while the girl is like looking at her dad and this take her and get in the car and go. This is where Slim's plan starts falling apart. And I'm a little frustrated. Like, I understand that maybe this all happened. This was all very last minute planning. But obviously, there was some sort of plan involved for her to get away. And yet she didn't set any money aside. Mm -mm. She did not set any money aside. So when she goes to hotels and stuff to try to use her credit cards or her ATM cards, they're all already canceled. She can't take money out of a bank. She can't go and use a ATM. She can't use a credit card. They're all frozen. 
Okay, I have a few questions about this because how was he able to cut off all the credit cards in the middle of the night? This was 2002. There wasn't any smartphones. He couldn't do it on the app. He would have had to call and get a human being. Um, Honestly, this sounds a whole lot like mob shit or maybe he did it like <laughs> earlier in the day. <laughs> you know what? I like the explanation of mob shit because as we've been hinting, he gives major mob vibes and it's never addressed. It's like not even part of the movie. He does do hella mob shit, to be honest. I don't understand how this white dude just has so much power and authority. Like, you're not even that hot. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> he's attractive, but he's not. I can deactivate your credit card at one o'clock in the morning in 2002 hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe not. Like, And also, I don't know that he's that rich because, yeah, it seems like he has money, but he doesn't seem like... It sounds like mommy's money because his mm -hmm. mom's house is huge his mom seems to be loaded mm -hmm. so it sounds like mommy money yeah so slim got away she's quote safe now but she doesn't have any money she has nowhere to go she can't stay with her friends and so her friends end up lending her money so she could stay at a motel with her daughter but it doesn't take long for husband to find her because he is there and then tries to beat down the fucking door it's crazy i mean he is outside of the door of this motel i mean once again mm -hmm. what are his connections he is making things happen at the speed of light it seems like he is at least half a step behind her because i mean damn he got there quick did he invent the air tag does he have one <laughs> like on her wait a minute zuckerberg is that you Wait, it wasn't it wasn't Zuckerberg. I just don't want to say the Apple guy because he he's he died respectfully. So well, also, didn't he die before the air tags were like invented? True. That's true. So it wasn't Steve anyways. Steve would never. OK, Steve. Steve would never. <laughs> Whoever invented the air tag, though, like, are you fucking happy? Do you see what's happening with them? <laughs> Back in 2002 before they existed. Yeah. We are so mad. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, this guy is out there. He's outside of the door. He starts beating the door down. Slim has to grab her bag that she hasn't unpacked yet, grab her daughter, escape out of a window just as he comes hurling through the front door of this room. And then he chases her down the street. Luckily, she gets into, she gets onto a city bus Right as it's taking off, the bus driver just sort of doesn't pay any attention to the guy beating on the door and just drives away. So, yeah, I mean, classic. No, but I think the reason he found her is because she used her own name when she checked into the motel. Mm, rookie mistake. But then also, he still would have had to call every motel in the city to figure out which one she was at. So, like, it's just... Maybe he just started with the cheapest... I guess. I don't know, man. It's just the math isn't mathing with how quickly mm -hmm. he moves. So she realizes that she can't stay there. She needs to not just hide, but she needs to get out of town. So her friend, the older gentleman, pays cash for a plane ticket for her. And I don't think you can do that anymore. The pre-9-11 world was wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just, dude, you could walk right up to like the tarmac and wave at your dad as he's like getting on the plane with suspicious bags. <laughs> like, bye, daddy. <laughs> There's just kids crawling all over the airplanes. <laughs> Slim and her daughter go to Seattle to go stay with an old friend of Slim's who was actually kind of like an ex-boyfriend named Joe. Not kind of. It was an ex-boyfriend. 
Okay, so she goes to stage with ex-boyfriend Joe. Joe seems all too excited to let Slim and her daughter crash at his place. And he knows what's going on. He knows mm-hmm. that Slim's husband is abusive and toxic and is basically wants to kill her at this point. Mm-hmm. Whenever I have a friend that's going through like a divorce or separation, there's always all these random guys from her past that just pop up like meerkats in her like Facebook comments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you see that phenomenon? They can sense the divorce. <laughs> and all these men from high school are like, oh, she smells freshly single. <laughs> the bar is lower now. We can get in. <laughs> Yeah, so Slim and the daughter are there for not long, like maybe a few hours. And this group of like three dudes just come to the door saying that they're FBI and that they're investigating a kidnapping and they need to come in and search Joe's house. Slim and Gracie hide in like a AC register under a window. That's a huge ass AC register for an apartment. With one bedroom, but okay, I digress. (laughs) But also, it's like lattice work on the outside. All you have to do is look at the AC register and you can fucking see them. Well, this is where it comes in handy for Slim that it's men looking for her. Because let's be honest, Mm -hmm. men couldn't find something hiding if it literally Mm -hmm. was staring at them in the eyeballs, which she was. She was staring at these men and they were like, where's the ketchup? (laughs) <laughs> they're like, like, have you seen my shoe? Like, they could not find her. Right? They they didn't. They did tear apart Joe's house, though. But then also, it's very obvious that even though these guys claim to be FBI, they were not FBI. They were not. You can tell that they were some mob shit. They were hashtag some mob shit. And once they realize, well, once they think they realize that Slim and Gracie aren't there, they dip. Right. So these guys don't find Slim. Big surprise. Men are so good at finding mm-hmm. things. So one of these mob guys calls Mitch and hands the mm-hmm. phone over to ex-boyfriend. What's the ex-boyfriend's name? Joe. Joe. So Mitch tells Joe, he basically threatens him, you know, and Mitch has this way of threatening people that is honestly kind of impressive Because he doesn't Mm -hmm. just say, I'm going to go over there and kill you. He says something like, it would be a shame if you were walking down the street and tripped over something and your neck broke. He's very poetic about it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Good for him. I appreciate it. I think good for him. I think it's beautiful. (laughs) It adds a little bit of razzle dazzle to threats, you know? (laughs) I'm going to kill you. That's boring. Right. Um, I'm going to turn your neck vertebra into a wind chime Mm. after you jump off a building. Like, you know what? That's I appreciate the razzle dazzle, you know, it's not bad. Anyways. Yeah. Well, Slim decides that it's too it's too risky for them to stay there for both them and Joe. And Slim doesn't have a whole lot of places. So she goes to her estranged dad and his name is Jupiter, which dumb, but whatever. It's Jupiter. Yeah, his name is Jupiter. <laughs> oh, my God. His parents were high. Um, but she goes to her estranged father. And daddy also seems to be on some mob shit. I didn't really understand what dad's profession was. I got the vibes that he was some sort of artist, like very famous. It seems kind of like art dealing. Okay. But like... Are these just paintings? Like, if I cut open the back of this, what am I going to find, Jupiter? (laughs) What's in here? 
What you hiding? Selling art is a really good way to launder money, to be honest. That's actually very true because, yeah, you could hide things in the back of paintings. She goes to daddy and she's like, I'm your daughter. He's never seen her before. No, he doesn't know her. And dad's kind of an asshole. He basically just says, you know what? I'm going to give you the same thing. I gave all the rest of the kids who came to me saying that they were my child $6 to go buy a sandwich. And he just brushes her off. But he does give her $12 so she can buy Gracie a sandwich also. Damn, $6 for a sandwich. Inflation. Mm, this was the day. This was like the time of $5 foot longs, though. But yeah, so Slim is in San Francisco here after just having been rejected by her biological father. She is completely lost. And I think this is the first time that we see her despondent. I mean, she is sitting outside of a very scenic <laughs> area. It's actually really cute. <laughs> I would have taken a picture there if I was her. I would have taken a selfie, but she's sitting outside of this. This outdoor staircase that they have in San Francisco because it's so hilly. They have a lot of areas mm-hmm. with like outdoor staircases. Her head is in her hands and her daughter is like, mommy, what's wrong? And this is so heartbreaking. Well, she ends up calling her friend, the older gentleman that helped her escape husband. She calls her friend and he gets her set up with like a boarding house, I think. It's kind of it's like it's like a communal living boarding house. Yeah, it seems like, you know, she gets it all figured out, just a place to stay. And she starts looking through obituaries in the library. She gets Mm -hmm. a fake birth certificate. And then she takes that fake birth certificate to the Social Security office. And she goes, hey, I lost my Social Security card. And they just give her, they just print it out. Ma'am, no worries. Like, they just print her out a new Social Security card. No ID. And then because now she can use the social security card and birth certificate to get a driver's license. Oh, my God. That's pre 9-11, man. Pre 9-11 was wild. Is it that? It cannot have been that easy. I don't think so. Like you didn't have to provide any type of mail or a birth certificate, nothing. Do you know what's weird to me is that we have this system of birth certificates and death certificates but it doesn't seem like we do anything with it. It doesn't seem like there's any like central system to look up if someone actually freaking died. You know, you you would have to like know what you're looking up. So you would have to like, you know, like you would have to look up specifically by name to find out if somebody died. Birth certificates and death certificates to me, it's similar to like the um, the error reports that you get on your computer where it's like there was mm-hmm. an error in this program. Send the report and then you send it. And for all you know, it's being printed out at a farm and being used to feed the goats you know like there's like right. nothing happens with it you know she's starting to kind of figure things out she has a new identity she has a place to live she gets an envelope that was sent to the diner she used to work at and then forwarded to her where she lives now it's a letter from her dad and a shit ton of money and he says hey um some guys came and threatened me and said that if i helped you they would kill me and I'm intrigued. So <laughs> Jupiter. Here's some yeah, here's some money. Let me know if you need more. He gives her an envelope full of money. And it must have been a lot of freaking money because Slim is able to I don't know if she's renting or if she bought, I would imagine she is renting a house. And mm-hmm. it's kind of really far off on an island. In like the upper peninsula of Michigan. She lives in the middle of nowhere on like an island where you have to take a ferry to go see her. She has to get on a ferry to go to the mainland to drive for hours just to call 
her her daughter's grandmother, you know, Mitch's mom, which like, why is she calling her? I think it's basically to let her know that Gracie's okay. Mm -hmm. I think she's worried about like custodial kidnapping here. Okay, because yeah, because there is a court date coming up. So Mitch Mm -hmm. is fighting for custody of Gracie and there's a court date coming up. And so Slim is kind of bidding her time. She's going to have to come face to face with Mitch eventually because she's she has to go to this court date or she's going to be like a fugitive or whatever. Well, could you imagine now you can just be like, can I zoom into that? You don't have to be there in person for a lot of court dates now. You can just zoom. Right. Yeah, that's true. So Mitch goes to the police station and asks his cop friend, hey, listen, you know, I need you to find her. So Mitch's cop friend coincidentally, is the guy from the beginning of the movie that was hitting on Slim. Mitch was the friend that this dude had a bet going with. Yes, this is where we find out that the way Mitch and Slim met was actually just a con. It was just kind of a pickup con that Mitch did with women. (laughs) How Mitch is just hanging out with these cops I don't know. It's just, it's all so mob shit. It's just, there's no way around it. Just the mobness of it all, you know? I really want to know where Mitch gets his money from. You know what I mean? Like, I really want to know. Anyway, so he blackmails his cop friend into figuring out where Slim is. Mitch's cop friend decides that the best way to find Slim is to basically stake out the ex-boyfriend Joe's house mm-hmm. because they know that eventually she's going to call him again. She's stigmatized mm-hmm. and he's the only safety blanket that she has. And sure enough, despite the fact that Slim has settled in for months at this point and has been safe mm-hmm. and off the grid and no one has found her, she caves and calls ex-boyfriend Joe. Yeah. And she's like, hey, you should come and see us. I have a cute little house and everything. And he does. He goes and he sees her. But when he gets off the ferry, cop friend is in a car on the ferry, just watching him walk right up to Slim. So now Mitch knows where she is. And not just that, he's enraged that she's with her ex. Because let me tell you, these abusive guys, they're almost always insanely jealous and possessive. I don't know how Mitch gets there so fast, but it's like he just kind of appears. Oh my God, girl, do you think he's using the flu network like on Harry Potter? Mm, Would wizard shit explain the mafia shit? I'm going to tell you right now, wizard shit and mafia shit are part of a Venn diagram. And those two circles are almost one circle. They almost completely overlap. The Weasleys didn't have to be poor. Okay. The Weasleys didn't have to be poor. At this point, you chose this. I see where you're going with this. Yes. There was no practical reason for the Weasleys to be poor. None. Not a single one. Because you know what? Also, side note, they have access to the muggle world. And yeah, they can't do magic in front of the muggles, but they can start a side hustle where they can make really interesting things that the must, you mm-hmm. know, when the muggles aren't looking and then sell it to the muggles and then convert that money because they have like a money conversion thing. Yeah, I don't it's just laziness, it's just pure laziness. You know what? Slim still has feelings for her ex, even though he's like a labradoodle, especially mm-hmm. compared to her crazy ass husband. He is kind of like a labradoodle, to be honest. I don't know. I don't like Joe. You don't like him? No. Do you think, do you think he's too passive? He's just like a noodle. 
I get what you mean, though. He doesn't seem like he would protect her. You know, he seems like the kind of personality that if he saw a spider, he would jump on the couch before she jumped on the couch, you know? Like that song I showed you, everyone's a feminist until there's a spider in the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't like Joe. Hmm. It's not that I dislike okay. Joe. I'm just, I'm not really rooting for Joe, mm-hmm. you know? Joe is just too, yeah, I think it's just that he's too passive. Mm-hmm. Now Mitch, obviously, he knows where she is. But instead of just coming in Mm -hmm. and confronting her, he is a coward. He waits until Joe leaves. And then when Joe Mm -hmm. leaves, Slim is having nightmares about Mitch finding them because female intuition, there's something in the back of her mind that's kind of gnawing at her that he's going to find them. And she is not wrong Mm -hmm. because he does. Mitch just shows up at the fucking house in the middle of the night. I find it kind of a terrifying scene. He shows up. He has Slim in like a headlock wrestling her. Gracie sees it. He hits Gracie. Because Gracie tries to defend her mom and he hits her out of the way. It's, it is a very... Uh-huh hard scene to watch because he is throwing Slim around. It's a very Mm -hmm. rough domestic violence scene that is all too real for a lot of women, you know? Yeah. Like, this happens. Like, there are men that really, you know, treat women this way. And I think those are the men that we should stuff pinatas with. Ooh, yes. Stuff pinatas with men. Well, Courtney, not all men. Hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) But most. Just Not the, all, but most. The bad ones. The bad ones. The ones that beat other women. I hate the cowardice of it. I hate the cowardice of how manly and macho they feel slapping a woman around when they wouldn't go up and slap a man that's like even smaller than them. Thankfully, Slim has prepared. I mean, she's been living in fear for months. She has pepper spray in her bracelet Mm -hmm. and she manages to pepper spray Mitch in the face and get out of his grip. She grabs Gracie and they run. This time she has prepared an exit plan. She has Mm -hmm. a wig. She has a getaway car. She's not fucking around this time. She is prepared. She has a go bag in her car. And yeah, in that bag, she has a wig. She has a change of outfits and she drives to another car and she switches cars like she was Mm -hmm. prepared. In Slim's pursuit to get away, you have Mitch's cop friend that's chasing Slim and Gracie. He's chasing her. Gracie is screaming. She is so scared right now. There's no protecting this little girl anymore from witnessing what's going on. Mitch's friend is speeding beside Slim and telling her to pull over. He's even ramming her in the back of the car, which is Mm -hmm. so terrifying because her daughter is back there. Slim planned this route in her head. I don't know, because she drives him through some sort of work yard or something where his SUV doesn't Mm -hmm. clear. He wrecks his car. She has a second car, another go bag, another car seat. She is ready to go with Gracie. She even has another wallet with another identity and a wig. She has to tell her daughter that they need new names. Like, can you honestly put a hit out on your Like, you need to get into some mob shit at this point. Like, right. Are you really going to allow your daughter to live this terrified existence because of this asshole? Listen, I'm just saying if I was married to a man like Mitch... I don't know. Homeboy would have just, um, he would have had an accident. He would have, we went hiking and he fell. He got ate by a bear. I don't know how he got in that pinata, officer. 
And those little kids really went crazy. <laughs> they were really mad when there was no candy out. So they just kept kicking him after he fell. Slim goes to a lawyer because at this point she's like, I, I can't do this on my own. Right. Like Mitch mm-hmm. is too connected. The lawyer essentially tells her that she screwed herself, that she's had two chances to put his violence on record and she didn't. And now there's a court hearing and she has to go or the judge will rule against her. The lawyer says that Mitch is very likely going to gain full custody. Because Slim took off with his daughter. This lawyer is basically telling her that there's no one that can help her, that she basically has lost already. Well, and also when it comes to custody, domestic violence, even in front of the child, domestic violence against one partner does not have bearing on custody. That's so terrible because if someone is capable of beating the mother of their child, you think they're not going to beat the child? I mean, it's just insane. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Slim leaves Gracie with her friend from the diner and Slim goes to her dad. She goes to Jupiter And she's like, hey, I need this, this, and this. She made it her full-time job to train in self-defense and boxing. We get a montage, and the montage of all montages for me is... The fighting montage, kind of like in Mulan, you know, where like it shows her getting better. I love it. Yeah, I love the fighting montages. So we watch Slim training and she's mm-hmm. training all day long, hardcore, getting stronger and stronger. How much time is going by? I guess it's a month, right? She has one month. I think so. Something like that. Right. Because the custody hearing is in one month. So she has a month to get in amazing shape for Mm -hmm. I don't know what, right? But she is learning self-defense and her teacher, he's teaching her how to get out of chokeholds. He's telling Mm -hmm. her like, Mitch is bigger, but you are faster. He tells her that when she gets to hit him to never stop attacking. So her teacher is taking this very seriously. And I think she probably explained to him why she needs it, why this is an important thing for her to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not just all brute strength. Right. And Mitch is, he's a sloppy fighter. He is. I mean, you know? he, does, he doesn't have to be a good fighter when he's hitting women, you know, that, that are smaller mm. than him. Slim's teacher even tells her what to do when she's on the ground because the reality of it is that Mitch only needs one good hit to knock Slim down. And her mm-hmm. teacher tells her that, like, he only needs to hit you once for you to be knocked down on the ground. And he's like, but that's mm-hmm. not the end. He says, this is what you're going to do. He's going to be standing over you. He's going to think that he's won. And like the coward mm-hmm. he is, he's going to try to kick you. You're going to know what to do. And of course, put a pin in that because she knows what to do. put Finn in it (laughs) yeah so she knows Mitch is following her she knows he's not dumb and he's gonna have eyes on her so she goes to her dad and says that she needs a body double to meet her at this bar at this time and he's like wow that's short notice but he makes it happen (laughs) the body double goes off and does its own thing in the city can you find me someone who looks like Jennifer Lopez uh (laughs) yeah 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 like give me like an hour (laughs) my time to shine (laughs) (laughs) and she also she gets a cell phone jammer from him so she goes off and does her own thing in the city and she she came prepared okay so she gets to mitch's house right before he leaves in the morning and she goes in and she starts planning evidence in his house letters where he invited her to come to his house 
Mm-hmm. Um, she puts the cell phone jammer in. She starts going through all of his stuff. She takes all of his weapons and she hides them. Because she knows him. So she knows where he keeps her stuff. And she's taking her time because she knows that he's at work. The handwritten letters that she planted were in her handwriting because they're her letters to him basically saying, thank you for confessing to all your abuse and for agreeing to meet with me. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's how confessions work. I don't know if I, I could, know. I don't know if I can write a letter to like a, a, a killer and be like, thank you for confessing to all the murders and then send my mm-hmm. letter to the cops. <laughs> so Mitch comes home. The power is not working. His cell phone doesn't work. Mm. Things are off. And she's like, yoo-hoo, I'm home. She has rings on all her fingers that she then wraps with, like, athletic tape to, like, keep them on. And she's ready to just whoop his ass. All of this rage she has, she's ready to <laughs> yeah. whoop his ass. Yeah. Well, right before he gets home, she calls her friend for a little, a little rallying cry, as we do. Okay? This is what friends do. And her friend tells her, because her friend apparently knows what she's up to, which honestly, a good friend would have been like, girl, don't do it. Like, this is going to go sideways. You know what I mean? But her friend instead says... You have a divine animal right to protect your life and the life of your offspring. Where's the lie, girl? Where's the lie? So supporting women's rights and women's wrongs. Oh, man. Yes. But they fight and he does go almost immediately for his weapons. And she's like, oh, no, I I got rid of that. You don't Mm -hmm. need that. But in the process of looking for his guns, he gets his fingerprints all over the letters that she wrote with his confessions on it, which, again, I don't think that's how confessions work, but okay, Right. She is really fast and she has Mm -hmm. trained for this and she even has like Vaseline on her neck. Like, you remember Mm -hmm. how we said that, you know, she just lubed her entire body up so that she would be hard to catch. She she can now fit anywhere. (laughs) She can now squeeze (laughs) through anywhere, including closed doors. Yes. She's taunting him too, dude. Mm -hmm. And he keeps launching himself at her, but she moves out of the way. And so he's just headbutting walls. And <laughs> at this point, he's bleeding. He is not doing well, but he's pretty much done it all to himself. Like it was the wall that beat him up. Yeah. Like she's barely touched him at this point. <laughs> yes. And he's panting. He is so exhausted. And she's pumped. She's full of adrenaline right now. He does end up backing her into like a wall. So he has her against the wall and he's choking her. His hands are around her neck. She's able to get out of his hold. Yeah, she like pushes him. He hits his head on the countertop. Yeah. She knew he wasn't dead and she goes to grab a piece of, I don't know, I think a piece of the countertop broke off. That's how hard he hit it. Uh And she goes to try to basically finish the job and she can't. No matter how much she hates him, she can't kill him. She turns the cell phone jammer off and she calls her friend and she's like, bitch, I can't do this. She needs another pep talk. She's like, please tell me what to do. <laughs> and her friend is like, you're going to go in there. You're going to bash his head in. You're going to kill him. <laughs> she doesn't say that. She doesn't say that, but she should have. Her friend, you know, is just like, you can do this. Like, you right. have to do this. Right. You know? It's either you or him, which it's true. It's either you or him. But as she's doing this... Mitch gets up off the ground and he attacks her again. 
He knocks her down and you could tell she's dazed. She is seeing stars right now. And exactly what her instructor told her would happen is about to happen to where he goes to kick her. Mm -hmm. She is able to move out of the way and instead Mm -hmm. kick him. And Mm -hmm. he goes flying over the railing, falls from the second story of his house and lands on Mm -hmm. a glass table dead. Yeah. So Mitch is gone. Before Slim calls the police, she removes all of her fighting get up. She takes off the rings and the bandages and shit like that. So they don't know that she Mm -hmm. went there to beat his ass. When the police get there, she tells them that, you know, they were just supposed to meet about the custody agreement or the custody Mm -hmm. hearing that that was coming up. And he just went crazy. He attacked her. And I'm like, I don't know, because he has multiple blunt force traumas to his head and she does not. So I don't know how I don't know how you explain this once like the medical examiner gets in there and like is like, wait a minute. Um, because plot in two thousand two. I mean, because if Jennifer Lopez looks at you in the eyes and says that something happened in a way that doesn't make sense, you freaking believe her, okay? Because she's yeah. Jenny from the block and she don't ever lie. J Lo told me, so it's true. <laughs> JLo told me so facts. I mean, I don't make the rules, but that is exactly what happened. Yes. You know, um, so I had seen this movie a long time ago, and I was confusing it with another similar movie with Ashley Judd. I think that movie is called Double Jeopardy, and it's very similar to this in that Ashley Judd is married to this very abusive man, and Mm -hmm. he fakes his death and frames her for his murder and then like changes his identity and goes on living his life. And she goes to jail. She does jail time, but she trains in jail. She gets like buff and trains in how to fight. And then she goes Ooh. out and then she goes out to kill him. And she goes double jeopardy. I can't go to jail twice. I already killed you. Like I already went to jail for killing you. And she shoots him dead in the middle of like a fucking party. Is that how it works? I don't, girl, I don't know, but isn't that interesting? Well, like, if he assumed a fake identity, is that how it works? I don't know. And honestly, I might be remembering what happened a little off because it was a long time ago. So, no, I that feel makes like- sense. If he faked his death and framed mm-hmm. her for his murder, he would have had to get a different identity. Yeah. But, like, the person I went to jail for is dead now. I yeah. didn't kill him, though. So, yeah, because you would have to be placed. On trial because they would obviously find out his real identity after he was murdered. Double jeopardy essentially is a clause in our legal system that says that you cannot be prosecuted for the same crime twice. So if you were found guilty yeah. for a crime or if you're found not guilty, like that's the end. Mm-hmm. They can't go after you again. They can't be like, we changed our mind. We'd like to try again. <laughs> right. Like, you can be prosecuted for the same crime, but they have to be different instances. So, like, if you robbed a bank Mm -hmm. and went to jail. Right. You can't rob another bank. (laughs) It's not like a free pass. But, you know, so this is actually why it's so hard to overturn convictions because Mm -hmm. of this clause where it's like, once you get charged, that's it. You're not supposed to be touched again. Girl, I'm sorry. Are we Fiction Fixation Esquire? No, but I have watched a lot of Law and Order. So I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I am saying that I listen to a lot of true crime. So, well, you are a paralegal, so you're Esquire adjacent. Esquire adjacent. Nothing I say is legal advice. 
throwing that out there. Nothing I say is legal advice. Like literally ever. Ever. <laughs> even even if a real job. <laughs> even at my real job, it's not legal advice. All right, guys. The teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. More is bringing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye.